he was thinking about Sir Reginald Scott Mull, the Commissioner. Scott Mull was a somewhat remote person, even to the other chiefs at the yard. He took the chair at the weekly conferences of assistant commissioners and heads of departments, but appeared to hold the reins at Scotland Yard very lightly. That did not mean ineffectively. In the course of nearly thirty years' service, Gideon had known several commissioners, and none had done a sounder or more balanced job than Scott Marl. He had the trick or the gift of getting the best out of most officers, and of finding the right man for the various key posts at the yard. Nevertheless, Gideon was conscious of an invisible barrier between him and the commissioner, and did not see how it could be avoided. Sir Reginald Scott Marl had been born with a golden spoon in his mouth, came from a long line in a family with ducal forebears, and, before being appointed to this job, had held two key colonial posts. George Gideon had been born to an obscure West London couple, had neither reason nor desire to think back beyond his grandparents, and, in a sardonic mood, would call himself an old London elementarian. In fact, he had left school at fourteen. The barrier seemed more than social. It was in outlook, in understanding of the same people and same situations, and in daily living. When Gideon got home he liked to take his coat off and do some decorating or carpentry, almost any odd job about the house except washing up. Scott Marl would put on a smoking jacket, burrow in Greek mythology, and even in these days be waited on by butler, footman, and maids. Gideon knew that, for he had twice been to see his chief in the evening, on urgent matters concerning the treatment of suspects who had diplomatic immunity. Gideon also knew the commissioner's wife slightly. She was twenty years younger than Scott Marl, and quite a beautiful woman. One of the troubles with which Gideon had grown up at Scotland Yard was the preponderance of the uniformed and civil service men in the force over the members of the Criminal Investigation Department. He found it increasingly difficult to be patient with some of the other departments, and occasionally was annoyed because, combined, they carried so much weight. Scott Marl did not appear to take sides, but sometimes Gideon thought that his years as a colonial administrator had given him above-average understanding of the problems of the CID. In these days, with the crime rate fluctuating from year to year, but usually becoming higher, the department's problems were increasing alarmingly. A major one was that of getting suitable recruits. Gideon, who had the perhaps quaint idea that his chief job was to direct the investigation side of the department, found himself increasingly involved in such matters as the training of uniformed men and recruiting for the Metropolitan Police as a whole. On the morning of the first conference in the month of May, Gideon was in his office, going over the report of the night's events and the morning mail, with a chief inspector whom he did not much like or respect. His regular aide was down with influenza. His second choice was taking part of his holiday before the summer rush of the men with young families, and this particular C.I., Riddle, was not used to Gideon's likes and dislikes. He was a bit prosy, and had far too high an opinion of himself. He was sitting at one side of Gideon's big desk, Gideon at the other. The pile of reports, mountainous at the beginning of this session, was reduced to the last half-inch. Most mornings Gideon saw the superintendents and inspectors handling the different cases, but the conference was due to start at ten, it was already a quarter two, and he had to leave more than he liked to riddle. 
He glanced at the next report, which read, As instructed, I proceeded with a detective officer to 51 Canning Street, SW3, to prefer a charge of breaking and entering against Eric Thomas Jones. On arrival, I was informed that Jones had not been home all night. On request, I was permitted by Mrs. Jones to search the premises and came to the conclusion that Jones had not spent the night there. His wife stated that she could give no information as to his whereabouts. Gideon felt as if he wanted to growl more fiercely with each sentence. The report was signed by a Detective Sergeant Worth, whom he knew comparatively slightly. "'My God!' he exclaimed. "'Does Worth always write like this?' "'What's the matter with the report?' asked Riddle. "'Quite straightforward, isn't it?' Gideon made himself say, "'I'm glad you can find some merit in it.'